0: Welcome to our After the Bell podcast, brought to you by Thirsty Scholars Partnership. Our podcast is here to help teachers and tutors. We will be discussing the latest issues in education and sharing top tips for use in the classroom, both face-to-face or virtually. If you work in education and looking to improve or develop your skills, then this podcast is here to help you. Welcome back to the After the Bell podcast, brought to you by Thirsty Scholars Partnership. Georgie, Director of Learning Development, I'm here for the classroom partnership, and I'm returning to focus on our Edgy Habit podcasts, which are joined by Helen Morgan, who's the previous head of school and associate trainer, Andy Bridge, who's current deputy principal, and our very own Lorna Bradford, our head of quality assurance and impact. So an amazing dream team we've got here today. Um, And one of our edge habits that we're going to be talking about is our sixth habit, which we've identified as the power of proactivity. So I'm going to try and keep my teeth in during this conversation. At some point in our lives or career, we procrastinate and put things off. So we're all guilty of doing that. Me, absolutely. And sometimes this can, can be because the end feels too far off. There's too much that we've got to achieve and the tasks we need to complete feel so big and overwhelming. So what we're going to do today is solve all your problems and unpack all of the challenges around procrastination, or maybe just try and have a little discussion about it and see if we can give you some top tips on the benefits of being proactive, taking the initiative, and getting things started. So I'm going to hand over to our proactivity queen, Helen Morgan to provide us with some um, explanations about what do we mean by being
1: proactive? Yeah, I mean, again, it, it's such an interesting topic. Um, hi, Georgie, and hi to Lorna and Andy as well. I think proactivity is, is a really interesting concept because, like you've said, um, you, talked, you talked about me being the proactivity queen, but I think there are times um, during the week when I'm also the procrastination queen as well. And I think we can all feel quite stuck sometimes, we can all put things off, but I think when we feel stuck or when we're, we're putting something off or when we're avoiding something, the, the only way to change that is to be proactive. And if we go back to Covey's book, um, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, um, he talks about habit number one of really effective people as being, being proactive. And I think one of the things we all have to remember is, you know, we, we talk about students, don't we, having agency and taking ownership over their work? As educators, we have to have that same level of agency and that same level of ownership over our work and, you know, how we choose to operate. And I think when, when we get stuck, um, the only way to become unstuck is to actually do something. And whether that be ask for help talk to a colleague or you know take some time to figure it out and try something um the only way to make that change is to actually decide what is it that you're going to do and and remind yourself that change begins with you know one thing so sometimes just that one small thing like a conversation with a colleague can help us to become unstuck um andy i don't know what what you would kind of add to that or do you disagree kind <laughs> to yeah. challenge it
2: <laughs> I, I completely agree i just think it's one of those things where um it's so easy to to know what to do and know that you need to get up and start something or know you've been putting something off but actually in the moment even though you know all those things in the head and sometimes you know your strategy is like it can be really hard to motivate yourself to do it so um we were on half term last week and i mean like i don't days out and some downtime plan but i had like a long to do list of jobs i want to get sorted for work um and i chipped away at them through the week and my wife was saying to me you're doing what you always do which is do all of the jobs that you like doing messing on your laptop coming up with little spreadsheets and like making a presentation sorting all the bits of your job that you like and you're ignoring you set a year 10 books that are in the like that have been sat in the hallway for forever um, And i was like no no i'm not once i've done this job I'll, I'll get on with the books once i've done this i'll get on with the books and she kept saying it to me all week um, and, and I knew that's what I was doing, it's what I always do. And then I was um, texting someone at work on Sunday night saying, God, I've been doing this job for like over 10 years now and it's nine o'clock on the last day of half term and I'm now sitting with a pile of books that I've put off and put off and put off and thought about all week and it still got to the end of the half term and I knew that I needed to do them, I knew I had to do them and it would have been such a better idea if I'd have just bloody got on with it. At the start of the holiday, and got it out of the way. But I, now, even though I know the strategies, I know I put off my marking, I know that I deprioritise it and do everything else first. I still ended up in that situation over half term.
0: Oh, Andy, bless you! I think I, I totally agree with that as well. And I've absolutely, I've got about three or four jobs, and I I aim to put them at the beginning of my list. But then I skip over the list and I actually just focus on the other bits. That's why I'm laughing, but I focus on the other bits that I really want to do because I don't want to have to do the first job. But actually, that's the most important job. Um, So, yeah, my top tip would be to put the most difficult job or the job that you least want to do at the beginning of your list, beginning of the day or the beginning of half term um, and commit to do that and then uh, celebrate afterwards that you've actually achieved it. Lorna, I know you're you're a queen of product productivity, so uh, would you like to share with us some top tips?
3: Well you're too kind there, Georgie, you're too kind, thank you. Um I, I don't necessarily think it's a, a top tip for being productive. But I think it's really interesting to consider why we procrastinate and why we avoid proactivity at times. Because I've got absolute full confidence that Andy could have marked those books and marked them very well on day one of the holidays um, quite successfully. But why did he choose not to? Was it because he was going to find it too difficult Probably not. Was it because he had other things he'd rather do? Possibly. Was he scared that it might be too hard and he might fail? Almost certainly not. But for different people at different stages of their career, those different questions around being proactive are really pertinent, actually, because it's my feeling that if you are putting something off there is a reason for putting it off because we all value our free time our personal time we all value the um, ability to go home and switch off the laptop at a reasonable time And only we can do that if we've ticked off everything we needed to do during that time period. So why why don't we do it? And I think it's important, especially for less experienced teachers to to reach out for support around being proactive, especially if it's something that they're worried about feeling a sense of potential failure over. I don't want to tackle that because I'm worried that I might fail or I don't really know what I'm doing. I don't have the tools to be able to do that successfully just yet, because actually, once you've overcome those hurdles and those barriers, being proactive actually feels really good, especially if it then allows you to have the free time that you want later on in the day. And um, so not necessarily a top tip other than be conscious of it be aware of it and try and work out why you're not tackling those things
2: yeah I think that's so interesting so I, I was just thinking then like what is it about marking because they said it, it's not difficult like I've marked English books for years it, it's not it's too hard I, and as I was thinking about it then I, I think with me marking is like the, the slightly overwhelming feeling of seeing the huge pile of 30 books and thinking oh my god it's just too much like this is like a a big thing to get started, because actually once you do start, it's not bad. Like, you know, I know it's my books, so or you do it all the time. It's not hard. You just need to get it done. And once you start getting through a few of them, you get quicker and your pile starts decreasing. It's not actually that bad, but it's the initial thought of I need to get started and in this and this isn't a bit of the job that I really like. like getting that motivation to go. Do
0: not know what? This reminds me of writing Christmas cards. <laughs> just, <laughs> it's just that like, I'll write one. <laughs> Then I write another one, and then I write another one. There's so many examples. I'm not, I'm not uh, presenting myself very well here, Helen. Would you like to share some
1: more top tips? I'm, um, I'm just laughing there about Christmas cards because there's always somebody who doesn't get a Christmas card because you haven't been bothered to, to write those last few out. Um, but you know, there's a strategy. When you talked earlier about kind of, you know, picking off one thing. And, and getting it done from your, your to-do list. I think often your to-do list feels really uncontrollable, so you don't do anything on it. Similarly with the pile of books, it feels too big, so you don't bother, you just don't mark one of them or two of them because the pile of 30 feels overwhelming. And I think, you know, there's a, a theory kind of that goes alongside this. Some of you will have heard of it. It's called Swallow the Frog. And... What it does is it encourages you to pick off the thing on your to-do list that you really don't want to do and then do that job first. And to try and do that every day because it, it makes you kind of feel a lot lighter. I would take that a step further and I'd say don't try and swallow the frog. um, Try and eat the broccoli. And I, I kind of say that loosely because there are not many things that I don't like to eat. But broccoli is something um, that I don't particularly enjoy. I eat it because I know it's good for me. Um, And if ever I'm faced with broccoli, what I do is I I cut it up really small (laughs) and I take a small bite of it and then have something else and another small bite of it. And I think when we think about being proactive, often the, the task does feel too big. And what we've got to do is we've got to break that task up into smaller bites. And again, like we said at the start, Georgie, you know, we often think about finishing the pile of books finishing the pile of books or finishing the christmas cards feels a long way off but if we just chunk it down and say okay i'm gonna do five books and then i'm gonna go and watch something on tv or do something else then suddenly it becomes all the more manageable but i think what we've got to do is get better at either swallowing the frog and doing that job first or breaking the task up into smaller parts and eating the broccoli. Yak. Yeah.
0: Really. yeah, not your favourite thing. I think we've also real guilty of finding other time suckers as well, aren't we? When uh, when we're thinking about the power of proactivity, but actually, if you start to think about the end goal and how good you're going to feel at the end of it, once I'm sure, Andy, you felt amazing on a Sunday evening after you'd signed, finished all the books that you you could have completed but you could have felt so much better earlier on in the week because they weren't hanging over
2: you. I I wouldn't say it felt amazing to be still marking it (laughs) at 7.30 on the Sunday night but I got on with them.
0: (laughs) You got on with them.
2: Better to have done them earlier in the week. Brilliant.
0: But yeah, time suckers. Things like emails, it's really easy to get drawn into your inbox and and your emails and the email trails, rather than actually sitting and focusing on a big piece of work Um, and getting started is actually the hardest bit as well. So one of the other top tips that I would share with you would be about um, forcing yourself to start and, and almost saying to yourself, look, just work on this for 15 minutes. That's all you've got to do. And then go and do another task. And actually you find once you've got started, you want to carry on. You're in a bit of a momentum. Um, another thing that I think a top tip is actually pay attention to when you are most productive. Everybody is different. Everybody, you know, we like like early birds or stay up late. And we all work in different ways, so I know that actually I'm quite productive in an afternoon. I, I'm really good at sort of getting my head down after lunch and producing big pieces, chunks of work. So I now try and plan my meetings and my diary so that I have sort of short, sharp meetings in the morning and, and conversational pieces to give me that, that space and my scheduling to actually focus on large chunks of work. Um, so that would be my suggestion as well around uh, being proactive.
3: I think that the topic of this podcast today goes hand in hand with our last podcast as well around keeping the main thing the main thing Um, because it's all very well and good being proactive and tackling the to-do list but it's so important that we're tackling the right thing at the right time in the right way Um, and I know that Helen in our last podcast was talking around um, how to weigh things up um, against their importance versus their um, urgency and something that might be urgent for somebody else might not necessarily be important for you, um, but, you know, we're part of a, a bigger system in a school. So by keeping your, um, your finger on the pulse, if you like, of, of what is important, what's urgent and what is the main topic for, for prioritisation at the time, you're, you're getting that double whammy, really, of being proactive against your priorities, which ultimately is the most efficient way of working in a school, I would suggest
2: yeah I, I totally agree and kind of just building on what you said and what Helen said, and it, it does all link back to the previous topics. I find the when I'm being most productive, most proactive is where you've got your time management right, you've built in the you know all the things we've talked about in the previous session. so like we were talking earlier about what a mess I've made in my diary today and crammed too many things in too many meetings, not enough time to get things done, being unrealistic with how much you could do in one day. Um, And then it just throws you off everything and you end up, there's just more on your list and you get back and you've got 200 unread emails and quickly things kind of spiral out of control a little bit. So I've tried to start doing what George mentioned earlier is working out how you work well. And I know I'm not good at getting things done. If I've got too many bits and pieces of phone calls and meetings dotted through a day, I don't get anything of substance done in between. So I'm really trying with my diary now to have a meeting free Friday. I teach period one on a Friday, and then after that, like it doesn't matter if I've got loads of meetings in the rest of the week. I was try and keep that big chunk of time, because then I know if I've got a good three, four hours, I can actually crack through my to do list, my jobs, get the, the important things from where you need to concentrate and have a big chunk of time. If you if you've only got twenty minutes on something between a call, between a meeting, between a lesson, you, you never get anywhere with that list.
1: I'd I'd totally kind of draw from that, Andy, because I think when you kind of look at top tips for people in terms of being proactive, um, one really good tip is to make sure that you schedule time in for big tasks so that you're doing that without interruption. You've got the time and the space to be able to think. And I think lots of us um, don't actually schedule in the right amount of time for those big tasks you know however long we think it's going to take it usually takes double that and maybe what we need to do is is schedule in a meaningful amount of time to be able to get that task done or to get to a particular point with it i'd say on the converse side of that again you know when you see really kind of good teachers or really good leaders at work what they do is they use 10 minutes really really well on those busy days so in that 10 minutes they don't moan to somebody else about the fact that they've got no time and they haven't got 10 minutes what they do is they, they go and you know catch up with that student or they mark a couple of books or they go and ring a parent and it's getting that balance right isn't it between um when do we need to use 10 minutes really well and when do we need to be proactive enough to schedule in time for those big tasks as well and you know i say that like it's easy but it really isn't easy on a day-to-day basis um it can be really really challenging to just have time to breathe and you know to plan our time and i think one of the things we don't do enough as educators is take time to schedule our time we often just lurch from task to task because it's so busy
0: One of the strategies, Helen, that um, I've learned works well for myself is actually reviewing my to do list, particularly on a Friday when I finish work and and have it refreshed and ready for the Monday. And also every night before I, I shut my laptop down is plan what my main thing for the next day is going to be and maybe the next two aspirational. Um, ideas. And that way, as soon as I sit down at my laptop, I open it up and there's my focus for the day. And it will be the most difficult thing that I've got to do um, at the the top of the list. So um, and it kind of, again, forces you to sort of focus on it and impact. Uh, and start getting working on there. So we're wrapping up now and thinking about what one key takeaway we can, because we've shared loads of great ideas and tips today, um, and I'm feeling really motivated to go and work on that great big project now. So Lorna, what
3: would your one key takeaway be from today? I think that um, we all know how busy schools are. We know how busy the life of teachers can be and we completely understand why educators do procrastinate and maybe struggle with proactivity at times. I'm absolutely guilty of it when I've been in schools for sure. Um, But I think what's really important to keep in the front and centre of your mind when you're really struggling to be proactive is that every foot you put in front of the other gives you your own time later on. What's the point of sitting at a desk at the end of the day, procrastinating, checking on your emails when you've got a pile of bugs to do or um, watching a bit of television instead of planning your lessons? Get it done. Eat the broccoli. Swallow the frog, because later on that will free up your own time, which is really important for your well-being and for your own personal time. So I, I would really recommend that you keep that in mind.
0: Absolutely. Downtime is also essential. So it gives you the energy to be productive later. And eat lots
2: of uh, Cadbury's cream eggs, which we've learned all about, Andy today. Oh, I feel bullied, Georgie. Um, <laughs> my, my top tip, I think. Um, do you know? I've, I forgot to say earlier. I was mulling over, like, if um, the things that I do to try and motivate myself, be proactive. And sometimes you can use all all those strategies. and Sometimes it works. But sometimes I think, though, you just need somebody to hold you accountable for it. And it doesn't necessarily need to be your line manager or your boss. Just somebody that's going to say, will you just sit down and do that thing? Like, no, don't go and do that. Don't go and do the other. Sometimes you just need somebody else to say, I can see what you're doing. You're putting it off. You don't want to do, you don't want to deal with that thing. You, It's at the top of your list, but you keep pushing it further and further down. It's been on your list for seven days now. Just sit down and do that thing. Um, and I think sometimes if you've got just a teammate, a colleague, um, someone external, Helen sometimes does it with me, like say, just sit and do it because sometimes it's a lot easier to think, you know, yeah, I just need to do it. And someone else tells you than motivating yourself to do it.
0: Swallow that frog, Andy. Swallow that frog. Helen, what would your one key takeaway be from today?
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd kind of link with what Andy said. Um, and I, I, I've i got a very kind of vivid recollection when I worked with Andy when he was a head of English about his subject leader file that just needed to 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 be sorted out and saying just get it done um and i think you know you do need kind of that buddy that person who will sometimes just give you that little bit of tough love um but i also would would say the other side of that is when you're feeling really stuck um don't be stuck by yourself go and you know go and talk to somebody reach out um and you see it all the time, don't you? People reaching out on social media, on things like Twitter when they're stuck, and people always will come to your help. Um, you know, they'll often offer some advice. They'll say, send me a DM. So even if you haven't got that person in school, there are other ways of of getting that support to be able to do the things that you need to do. And I think one of the things we think about when we think about leadership and teaching is, you know, you're surrounded by people but it can sometimes feel like a really lonely job. Um, don't deal with things that are really difficult by yourself. Ask for help.
0: You're not alone. You're definitely not alone. And we hope you find these podcasts useful and, and we're all human. We we don't claim to be experts, but we like to share top tips. We've, we've got evidence and examples of uh, life and what we can bring to it for you. So in our next podcast, thank you to our experts today, Lorna Bradford, Helen Morgan and Andy Bridge. But we will be unpacking and discussing the next edge of habit, which we're referring to about being curious. So I'm curious about what we're going to talk about in next week's podcast. Effective educators know that they don't have all the answers and they ask powerful questions to find out more and dig a little deeper. So what we're going to be exploring in our next chat is why it's valuable for educators to ask questions and make sure you keep an open mind and stay curious just a little bit longer. So you can pick up the After the Bell podcast which are released on a weekly basis and they provide quick tips and discussions with our experts around all things educational. And ideally, you can listen to this on your daily commute if you're travelling in for work, if you're walking the dog or cooking the dinner. This has been After the Bell podcast. Thank you so much for listening to us and thank you to our experts today.